Prophet, Part 2. And the weaver said, Speak to us of clothes. And he answered, Your clothes conceal much of your beauty, yet they hide not the unbeautiful. And though you seek in garments the freedom of privacy, you may find them in the harness and a chain. Would that you could meet the sun and the wind with more of your skin and less of your raiment, for the breath of life is in the sunlight, and the hand of life is in the wind. Some of you say, It is a north wind who has woven the clothes we wear. And I say, I, it was the north wind. But shame was his loom, and his softening of the sinews was his thread. And when his work was done, he laughed in the forest. Forget not that modesty is for a shield against the eye of the unclean. And when the unclean shall be no more, what were modesty but a fetter and a fouling of the mind? And forget not that the earth delights to feel your bare feet, and the wind longs to play with your hair. And Immersion said, Speak to us of buying and selling. And he answered and said, To you the earth yields her fruit, and you shall not want, if you but know how to fill your hands. It is in exchanging the gifts of the earth that you shall find abundance and be satisfied. Yet unless the exchange be in love and kindly justice, it will but lead some to greed and others to hunger. When in the marketplace you toil it, you toilers of the sea and fields and vineyards meet the weavers and the potters and the gatherers of spices. Invoke then the master spirit of the earth to come into your midst and sanctify the scales and the reckoning that weighs value against value. And suffer not the barren-handed to take part in your transactions, who would sell their words for your labor. To such men you should say, Come with us to the field. Or go with our brothers to the sea and cast your net, for the land and the sea shall be bountiful to you, even as to us. And even if there come the singers and the dancers and the flute players, buy of their gifts also, for they too are gatherers of fruit and frankincenses, and for that which they bring, though fashioned of dreams, is raiment and food for your soul. And before you leave the marketplace, See that no one has gone his way with empty hands. For the master spirit of the earth shall not sleep peacefully upon the wind till the needs of the least of you are satisfied. Then one of the judges of the city stood forth and said, Speak to us of crime and punishment. And he answered, saying, It is when your spirit goes wandering upon the wind that you, alone and unguarded, commit a wrong unto others and therefore unto yourself. And for that wrong committed must you knock and wait a while unheeded at the gate of the blast. Like the ocean is your God self, it remains forever undefiled. And like either it lifts but the winged. Even like the sun is your God self, it knows not the ways of the mole nor seeks it the whole of the serpent. But your God self dwells not alone in your being. Much in you is still man, and much in you is not yet man but a shapeless pygmy that walks asleep in the mist searching for its own awakening. And of the man in you would I now speak, for it is he, and not your God self, nor the pygmy in the mist, that knows crime and the punishment of crime. Oftentimes have I heard you speak of one who commits a wrong, as though he were not one of you, but a stranger unto you, and an intruder upon your world. 
But I say that even as the holy and the righteous cannot rise beyond the highest, which is in each one of you, so the wicked and the weak cannot fall lower than the lowest, which is also in you. And as a single leaf turns not yellow, but with the silent knowledge of the whole tree, so the wrongdoer cannot do wrong without the hidden will of you all. Like a procession you walk together towards your God self. You are the way and the wayfarers. And when one of you falls down, he falls for those behind him, a caution against the stumbling stone. And he falls for those ahead of him, who though faster and sure afoot, yet remove not the stumbling stone. And this also, though the word lie heavy upon your hearts, the murdered is not accountable for his own murder, and the robbed is not blameless in being robbed. The righteous is not innocent of the deeds of the wicked, and the white-handed is not clean in the doings of the felon. The guilty is oftentimes a victim of the injured, and still more often the condemned is a burden-bearer for, for the guiltless and unblamed. You cannot separate the just form from the unjust, and the good from the wicked, for they stand together before the face of the sun, even as a black thread and the white are woven together. And when the black thread breaks, the weaver shall look into the whole cloth, and he shall examine the loom also. If any of you would bring to judgment the unfaithful wife, let him also weigh the heart of her husband in scales, and measure his soul with measurements. And let him who would lash the offender look on to the spirit of the offended. And if any of you would punish in the name of righteousness, and lay the axe onto the evil tree, let him see it to its roots and verify he will find the roots of the good and the bad, the fruitful and the fruitless, all entwined together in the silent heart of the earth. And you judges who would be just, what judgment pronounce you upon him, who though honest in the flesh, yet is a thief in spirit? What penalty lay you upon him who slays in the flesh, yet is himself slain in the spirit? And how prosecute you him who in action is a deceiver and an oppressor, yet who also is aggravated and outraged. And how shall you punish those who remorse, whose remorse is already greater than their misdeeds? Is not remorse the justice which is administered by the very law which you would fair serve, fain serve? Yet you cannot lay remorse upon the innocent nor lift it from the heart of the guilty. Unbidden shall it call in the night the men you wake and gaze upon themselves, and you who would understand justice, how shall you, unless you look upon all deeds in the fullness of light? Only then shall you know the erect and the fallen are but one man standing in twilight between the night of his pygmy self and the day of his god self, and that the cornerstone of the temple is on higher than the lowest stone in its foundation. Then a lawyer said, But what of our laws, master? And he answered, you delight in laying down laws, yet you delight more in breaking them, like children playing by the ocean who build sand towers with continency and then destroy them with laughter. But while you build your sand towers, the ocean brings more sand to the shore, and when you destroy them, the ocean laughs with you. Verily, the ocean laughs always with the innocent. But what of those to whom life is not an ocean, and man-made laws are not sand towers? but to whom life is a rock, and the law is a chisel with which they would carve in their own likeness. What of the cripple who hates dancers, 
What of the ox who loves his yoke and deems the elk and deer of the forest stray and vagrant things? What of the old serpent who cannot shed his skin and calls all others naked and shameless? And of him who comes early to the wedding feast, and when overfed and tired goes his way, saying that all feasts are violation and all feasters lawbreakers? What shall I say of these save that they too stand in the sunlight, but with their backs to the sun? They only see their shadows, and their shadows are their laws. And what is the sun to them but a caster of shadows? And what is it to acknowledge the laws but to stoop down and trace their shadow upon the earth? But you who walk facing the sun, what images drawn on the earth can hold you? You who travel with the wind, what weather vane shall direct your course? What man's law shall bind you if you break your yoke but upon no man's prison door? What laws shall you fear if you dance but stumble against no man's iron chains? And who is he that shall bring you to judgment if you tear off your garment, yet leave it in no man's path? And an orator said, Speak to us of freedom. And he answered, At the city gate and by your fireside I have seen you prostrate yourself and worship your own freedom even as slaves humble themselves before a tyrant and praise him, though he slays them. In the grove of the temple, and in the shadow of the citadel, I have seen the, free, the freest among you wear their freedom as a yoke and a handcuff. And my heart bled within me, for you can only be free when even the desire of seeking freedom becomes a harness to you, and when you cease to speak of freedom as a goal and a fulfillment. You shall be free indeed when your days are not without a care, nor your nights without a want and a grief, but rather when these things girdle your life and you rise above them naked and unbound. And how shall you rise beyond your days and nights unless you break the chains which you at the dawn of your understanding have fastened around your noon hour? In truth, that which you call freedom is the strongest of these chains, though its links glitter in the sun and dazzle your eyes. And what is it but fragments of your own self you would discard that you may become free? If it is an unjust law you would abolish, that law was written within your hand upon your own forehead. You cannot erase it by burning your law books, nor by washing the foreheads of your judges, though you pour the sea upon them. And if it is a despot you would dethrone, see first that his throne erected within you is destroyed. For how can a tyrant rule the free and the proud, but for a tyranny in their own freedom and a shame in their own pride? If it is, and if it is a care, you would cast off. That card has been chosen by you rather than imposed upon you. And if it is a fear, you would dispel. The seat of that fear is in your heart and not in the hand of the feared. Verily, all things move within you, beginning constant half-embrace, the desired and the dreaded, the repugnant and the cherished, the pursued and that which you would escape. These things move within you as lights and shadows and pairs that cling. And when the shadow fades and is no more, the light that lingers becomes a shadow to another light. And thus your freedom, when it loses its fetters, becomes itself the fetter of a greater freedom. And the priestess spoke again and said, Speak to us of reason and passion. And he answered, saying, 
Your soul is sometimes a battlefield is oftentimes a battlefield upon which your reason and your judgment wage war against your passion and your appetite. Would that I could be the peacemaker in your soul, that I might turn the discord and the rivalry of your elements into oneness and melody. But how shall I, unless you yourselves be also the peacemakers, nay, the lovers of all your elements? Your reason and your passion are the rudder and the sails of your seafaring soul. If either your sails or your rudder be broken, you can but toss and drift, or else be held at a standstill in mid-seas. For reason, ruling alone is a force confining and passion, unattended, is a flame that burns to its own destruction. Therefore let your soul exalt your reason to the height of passion, that it may sing, and let it direct your passion with reason, that your passion may live through its own daily resurrection, and like the phoenix rise above its own ashes. I would have you consider your judgment and your appetite even as you would two loved guests in your house. Surely you would not honor one guest above the other, for he who is more mindful of one loses the love and the faith of both. Among the hills when you sit in the cool shade of the white poplars, sharing the peace and serenity of distant fields and meadows, then let your heart say in silence, God rests in reason. And when the storm comes and the mighty wind shakes the forest, and thunder and lightning proclaim the majesty of the sky, then let your heart say in awe, God moves in passion. And since you are a breath in God's fear and a leaf in God's forest, you too should rest in reason and move in passion. And a woman spoke, saying, Tell us of pain. And he said, Your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. Even as a stone of the fruit must break, that its heart may stand in the sun, so must you know pain. And could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life, your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy. And you would accept the seasons of your heart, even as, it is, even as you have always accepted the seasons that pass over your fields. And you would watch with serenity through winters of your grief. Much of your pain is self-chosen. It is the bitter potion by which the physician within you heals your sick self. Therefore, trust the physician and drink his remedy in silence and tranquility. For his hand, though heavy and hard, is guided by the tender hand of the unseen. And the cup he brings, though it may burn your lips, has been fashioned of the clay which the potter has moistened with his own sacred tears. And a man said, Speak to us of self-knowledge. And he answered, saying, Your hearts know in silence the secrets of the days and the nights, but your ears thirst for the sound of your heart's knowledge. You would know in words that which you have always known and thought. You would touch with your fingers the naked body of your dreams, and it is well you should. The hidden wellspring of your soul must needs rise and run murmuring to the sea, and, to the tre and the treasure of your infinite depths would be revealed to your eyes, but let there be no scales to weigh your unknown treasure, and seek not the depths of your knowledge with staff for surrounding time, for self is a sea boundless and measureless.
Say not, I have found the truth, but rather, I have found a truth. Say not, I have found the path of the soul. Say rather, I have met the soul walking upon my path. For the soul walks upon all paths. The soul walks not upon a line, neither does it grow like a reed. The soul unfolds itself like a lotus of countless petals. Then said a teacher, Speak to us of teaching. And he said, No man can reveal to you aught but which but that which already lies half asleep in the dawning of your knowledge. The teacher who walks in the shadow of the temple among his followers gives not his wisdom, but rather his faith and his lovingness. If he is indeed wise, he does not bid you enter the house of his wisdom, but rather leads you to the threshold of your own mind. The astronomer may speak to you of his understanding of space, but he cannot give you his understanding. The musician may sing to you of the rhythm, which is in all space, but he cannot give you the ear, which arrests the rhythm, nor the voice that echoes it. For the vision of one man lends not its wings to another man. And even as each one of you stands alone in God's knowledge, so must each one of you be alone in his knowledge of God and in his understanding of the earth. And a youth said, Speak to us of friendship. And he answered, saying, Your friend is your needs answered. He is your field which you sow with love and reap with thanksgiving. And he is your board and your fireside. For you come to him with your hunger, and you seek him for peace. When your friend speaks his mind, you fear not the nay in your own mind, nor do you withhold the I. And when he is silent, your heart ceases not to listen to his heart. For without words, in friendship, all thoughts, all desires, all expectations are born and shared with joy that is unclaimed. When you part from your friend, you grieve not, for that which you love most in him may be clear in his absence, as the mountains to the climber is clear from the plain. And let there be no purpose in friendship save the deepening of the spirit, for love that seeks aught but the disclosure of its own mystery is not love, but a net cast forth, and only the unprofitable is caught. And let your best be for your friend. If he must know the ebb of your tide, let him know its flood also. For what is your friend, that you should seek him with hours to kill? Seek him always with hours to live. For it is his to fill your need, but not your emptiness. And in the sweetness of friendship, let there be laughter and sharing of pleasures. For in the dew of little things the heart finds its mornings and is refreshed. And then a scholar said, Speak of talking. And he answered, saying, You talk when you cease to be at peace with your thoughts, and when you can no longer dwell in the solitude of your heart, you live in your lips, and sound as a diversion and a pastime. And in much of your talking, thinking is half murdered, for thought is a bird of space that in a cage of words may indeed unfold its wings but cannot fly. There are those among you who seek the talkative thought through fear of being alone. The silence of aloneness reveals to their eyes their naked selves, and they would escape. And there are those who talk, and without knowledge or forethought reveal a truth which they themselves do not understand. 
and there are those who have the truth within them, but they tell it not in words. In the bosom of such as these, the spirit dwells in the rhythmic silence. When you meet your friend on the roadside or the marketplace, let the spirit in you move your lips and direct your tongue. Let the voice within your voice speak to the ear of his ear. For his soul, I will keep the truth of your heart as the taste of the wine is remembered, when the color is forgotten and the vessel is no more. And an astronomer said, Master, what of time? And he answered, You would measure time, the measureless and the immeasurable. You would adjust your conduct and even direct the course of your spirit according to hours and seasons. Of time you would make a stream upon whose bank you would sit and watch its flowing. Yet the timeless in you is aware of life's timelessness and knows that yesterday is but today's memory and tomorrow is today's dream. And that which sings and contemplates in you is still dwelling within the bound of that first moment which scattered the stars into space. Who among you does not feel that his power to love is boundless? And yet who does not feel that very long, though boundless, encompassed within the center of his being, and moving not from love, thought to love thought, nor from the love deeds to other love deeds? And is not time, even as love is, undivided and paceless? But if in your thought you must measure time into seasons, let each season encircle all the other seasons, and let today embrace the past with remembrance and the future with longing. And one of the elders of the city said, Speak to us of good and evil. And he answered, Of the good in you I can speak, but not of the evil. For what is evil but good tortured by its own hunger and thirst? Verily, when good is hungry, it seeks food even in dark caves, and when it thirsts, it drinks even of dead waters. You are good when you are one with yourself, yet you are not one with yourself, you are not evil. For a divided house is not a den of thieves, it is only a divided house, and a ship without rudder may wander aimlessly among perilous isles, yet sink not to the bottom. You are good when you strive to give of yourself, yet you are not evil when you seek gain for yourself. For when you strive for gain, you are but a root that clings to the earth and sucks her breast. Surely the fruit cannot say to the root, Be like me, ripe and full, and ever giving of your abundance. For the fruit giving is a need, as receiving is need of the root. You are good when you are fully awake in your speech, yet you are not evil when you asleep while your tongue staggers without purpose. And even stumbling speech may strengthen a weak tongue. You are good when you walk to your goal firmly with bold steps, yet you are not evil when you go when you go there limping. Even those who limp go not backwards. But you who are strong and swift, see that you do not limp before the lame, deeming it kindness. You are good in countless ways, and you are not evil when you are not good. You are only loitering and sluggard. Pity that stags cannot teach swiftness to the turtles. In your longing for your giant self lies your goodness, and that longing is in all of you. But in some of you that longing is a torrent rushing 
with might to the sea, carrying the secrets of the hillsides and the songs of the forest. And in others, it is a flat stream that loses itself in angles and bends and lingers before it, it reaches the shore. But let not him who longs much say to him who longs little, Wherefore are you slow and halting? For the truly good ask not the naked, Where is your garment? Nor the houseless, what has befallen your house? And that will do it for part two. I believe that uh, we should be able to finish the profit in the third part, but uh, I'm running a little bit late here. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always reach the show by emailing hello at sleep and relax, ASMR.com. That's all for this episode. Take care.